All right, welcome to Elevate. We'll just cut off that time a little bit short. Um, welcome to Elevate. Uh, before we get into any more, if you guys do here, we have a bit of a tradition here. So if you have any own open cans of soda, we're gonna do this together as a family. On three, one, two. There it is. I've noticed the number of early birds are increasing. So yeah, and late birds too, whatever they're called, late birds. All right, man. Um, I was going to apologize for the rain, but I realized everyone that was out there was out there on their own free will, so I have nothing to say to you guys. I'm sorry, and I was out there myself too, so I, I do apologize if my hair is not as perfect as it needs to be, because I know you guys are all very concerned about that. I know you're very concerned about that, but I just want to say I'm sorry. Um, but before we get into it, um, I just wanted to say, just to announce something that we're doing at the end of the month, and first of all, I just want to say that finally fall is here. Fall is here, let's get some, let's get some, yeah. Yeah, fall is here, it's October, October 5th, it's actually October 6th, which is crazy, it's already six days in October. But yeah, it, I'm very excited, I love fall, I know it's very cliche and lots of people do, but I legitimately really do love fall, very excited for it. But you know, I, Elevate, I think we're, I think we're a family, I like to say, we're, I think that we, we do stuff together, we're a family, we're close to each other. And so we thought, you know, families, they do stuff together. And so at the end of the month, on October 29th, we're going to have an Elevate Youth they, Friendsgiving. An Elevate Youth Friendsgiving, um, it's, we're going to have a big bonfire. We're going to serve chili and walking tacos. We're going to have lots of snacks and s'mores. And we're actually going to be bringing all of our activities that are here at Elevate over there, too. We're going to um, one of my friend's houses. And so all I need you guys to do is it's a completely free event it's on October 29th, 6 to 9 p.m. All I need you guys to do is to sign up and register online. Again, a completely free. You can go to this link. Let's put it up on screen. Journeykc.com slash the 411. And you can find the event and just sign up online. We just need to know how many people are coming so that way we can buy enough food for everybody. And also we can send you the address of where we're going to be doing this at. So again, journeykc.com slash the 411. And if you don't catch it tonight, I'll be sending out an email to everyone tomorrow and, and uh, to all our parents tomorrow as well. So again, Elevate Friendsgiving, October 29th. Expect to hear more about that in the coming weeks. But mark that on your calendars. Very excited for it. It's going to be a ton of fun. All right. With that out of the way, we're going to be starting a brand new series tonight called Relationships. Relationships. It's learning to love others to the glory of God. You know, I believe that is so, so important that we learn how to have healthy relationships. Does anybody else agree with that? How many, like, we have to have healthy relationships. Almost every single thing we do involves a relationship of some kind. Maybe it's at school with your teacher, or maybe it's at home with your parent, or at Dairy Queen with your friends, or maybe even it's, if it's at Olive Garden with that special somebody, you know? We, everything we do involves relationships. We're surrounded by relationships. And so throughout this series, we're gonna be looking specifically at certain relationships in our life that are crucial to our life. Um, but for tonight, I believe it's important that we lay a foundation for what relationships should look like. And then we can use this foundation that we've built tonight to build later on on our specific relationships. And so it's important that we're on the same page and same perspective about what a healthy relationship looks like. 
And of course, we're going to be turning to the Bible as a source and our answers for this. So before we begin tonight, I'm just going to pray. And I just like to ask you guys to bow your heads with me. And it's important to pray to get on God's page, not get God on my page. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word that you have given me. I thank you that everyone is here and we're ready to receive it. I just pray that you just tear down our walls, tear down our own preconceptions. Just allow it, allow, we want to allow you to speak through us in a fresh new way tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody sit. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're talking about relationships. Um, and I know we just got out of our Back to the Movies series, but as we we're on this subject, I just, this clip from a movie just came into my mind. Once we play it, some of you guys are going to hate me for playing this clip, but I'm not sorry. This is my sermon. I get to choose which clips I play. So let's roll the clip. Muppets, the Muppets. You know, I got a confession. I actually don't like that movie at all. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It, it was good when I first watched it, but just in my family, we watched it so many times. I just got so burnt out on it. Um, Muppets, but that song is obviously, he's talking about, oh, I'm so happy. I've got all these friends, and I'm, I'm just super happy and stuff. So I was like, okay, I can work that in. Let's, let's tie that in. 
But, you know, we're talking about relationships, and I want to get right to it, right to it. So we're going to talk about three different truths about healthy relationships. So if you're taking notes, write three truths about relationships, and the first one is this, we need relationships. We need relationships. The first truth about healthy relationships is we, we need to have relationships. So how many of you guys know that we need relationships, right? Is it, uh, did you guys know that the first problem in the Bible, first problem in the universe, wasn't actually sin? The first problem in the Bible wasn't actually sin. The first problem in the Bible was actually isolation. First problem. I'm not saying it was the first sin. I'm just saying it was the first issue. It says in Genesis 2.18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And by the way, just a side note here, the word helper is implying a equal companion. It's not saying somebody's needs. It's not like saying like a servant or a worker, but a helper who is just right for him. God said, hey, it is not right for, for a man to be alone. It's not right for a woman to be alone. They need a person next to them. They need a helper. We need relationships. Um, I was doing some research this week um, about our generation, Gen Z. I'm actually just barely a part of Gen Z. I'm what's called a cusper, I think is what it's called. Uh, I was born in 98, and a lot of people say Gen Z begins at 95. Some people say it's 97, 98-ish. Either way, um, the generation, I was doing some research, and 57% of Gen Z uses screen time more than four hours a day. 57% uses more than four hours a day. If you think that's crazy, listen to this. 26% of Gen Z use it more than eight hours a day. 26% use it more than eight hours a day. Some of you guys are like, I, I'm more than that. I'm a lot more than that. 76% of us use it more than eight hours a day, which is kind of insane, but I'm probably up there. You know, 33% of us say that we have been bullied or we are being bullied online as opposed to 20% of all adults. So that's a 13% increase in Gen Z say that we're being bullied online. Um, a particular interesting study to me is a particular study about Gen Z of the comparison between in-person versus digital interactions. I have an image on screen for this. I know it's probably going to be a little bit hard to see, so I'll break it down for you. Um, basically in the first section it says, what would you rather do? And the second section is, what do you actually tend to do most often? And as you can see, a lot of, a lot of us, a lot of Gen Z say, 80% of us say we would rather talk to our friends in person. But in reality, what is it? 65% of us actually end up texting our friends more than talking to our friends in person. I don't know about you guys, but I would much rather talk to people in person and hang out in person versus an online interaction. You know, when it says 66% uh, of us would rather go outside when the weather is nice, and then what we actually do is stay inside and be online. There's a you can see there's, there's a disconnect um, between what we would like to do and what we end up doing. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't have time to get into all the studies that have been done for that. But what's, what that's me that's proving is that we crave real, authentic relationships with other people. Because an online um, interaction is just there's something missing about it. We're designed for community. You know, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says... Uh, discover creative ways to encourage others and motivate them towards active compassion, doing beautiful works of expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some deform the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. He's saying we shouldn't pull away. We need to get together. We need to have interactions with each other. Matthew chapter 22 says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
How many of you guys know you can't love your neighbor that you don't have? You can't love a neighbor that you don't have. You can't love somebody if you're, if you, if you're not around people. You can't love somebody if you're not having genuine relationship with them, that we need relationship. You know, there's some things in the kingdom of God that you just can't do without community. There's some things that God has called us to do that we just simply can't do without some form of relationship online or in person. There's some things we are missing out. We can't encourage people if we're not having a healthy relationship with people. We can't motivate people if we're not having that relationship. And so I think we know this, but it's hard because of the point number two. And to illustrate this point, I have a quick video I recorded. So let's watch that. All right, so we're talking about relationships, and we're saying the only there are only certain things that you can do in the kingdom of God that are unlocked through community. And so I think we all know this, but it's difficult to do that because of point number two. And point number two is this. Relationships are messy. Relationships are messy. Recently, I was with my family, and we were watching home vi old home videos, um, as we do sometimes. And I believe it was my oldest sister Shaylin's sixth birthday party. And she was opening up gifts, you know, the camera's pointing at her, everyone's having a good time. And she's about to open the next gift when my other sister, Katie, just blurted out what the next gift was because she knew. And then Shaylin gave Katie this glare of death. And it was, it was so funny to watch that. And she glared at Katie and as Shaylin slowly opened up the gift and sure enough, it was exactly what Katie said it was. And relationships are messy sometimes relationships are messy they can cause conflict they can cause any they can cause dangers but one of the most famous stories in the bible about relationships are the stories of jonathan and david you see saul was the king and he, he had a son named jonathan and jonathan was supposed to be next in line to take the king take the spot of the king but saul disobeyed god too many times and god already chose david now, as you can imagine, Jonathan's probably pretty upset about this, but instead of having um, resentment against David, he befriends David. They are friends. They are buddies. They are in it through it all. You see, Jonathan was willing to trust God's decision as king for David than to follow his own feelings on the friendship. You see, so many times Saul tried to kill David, and time and time again, Jonathan saved him. And when it became clear to Jonathan that Saul was going to have David dead, Jonathan put his life on the line and he confronted his dad, the king. And when Jonathan stepped in and stood in between Saul and David to save David's life, Saul's anger was directed right at Jonathan. And as you can imagine, this is putting a strain on Jonathan and David's friendship. And that's because relationships are messy. So let's keep reading and see what happens to Jonathan and David. So the story picks up. Jonathan and Saul are having this conflict. And Jonathan, Saul wants to kill David, but Jonathan steps in the middle of it. And he's like, hey, hold on. Let's, what has David done? He's done nothing wrong. And 1 Samuel chapter 20, we see Saul's response. Excuse me. It says, Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore is what Saul, Samuel, Saul says. He said, this is the Bible. And, okay, so this insult's always really funny to me because Jonathan is Saul's son, so who is he calling a whore? It would be Saul's wife. Like, I don't, I don't see how this is a jab at Jonathan. But he calls him that. He swore at him. He says, do you think that I don't know that you want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother? As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you will never be king. Now go 
and get him so I can kill him. Relationships are messy. Relationships are messy sometimes. You know, if you, uh, if you have a close relationship with someone that, if you have a close relationship with somebody that isn't messy, then you either just met each other or you're hiding stuff, right? If, you're, if you have a relationship with somebody and it's not messy and there's not conflict sometimes and you're not arguing, then you either just met or you're both putting on masks all the time. You know, something interesting to me that uh, me and my wife learned at marriage counseling is they taught us, they said, um, an unhealthy marriage is a marriage where they never argue. An unhealthy marriage is a marriage where they never argue. Some of the worst marriages are those that don't have arguments. Why? Because if you, if you have two different people that are that close to each other, that are in the same house that many times, the, the, you're not going to have, you're going to see eye to eye on every single issue. There's going to be something that's going to rub somebody the wrong way. It's ridiculous to assume that there wouldn't be any disagreements or conflict. And if there's a disagreement or conflict and you're not arguing, that means it's just going unaddressed. And people are just bottling up and just boiling with rage. But I'm not going to talk to them about it because I, I don't want to do that. In relationships, there are conflicts and there are disagreements. Um, but we need to talk about how to use discernment as to which relationships are healthy and which aren't. And so I will talk about that more in the coming weeks. Um, but when stuff gets messy, it's important to use discernment as to why it's messy. And so that leads us to our last point, point number three. All of our relationships need to glorify God. All of our relationships should glorify God. You know, the Bible gives us a lot of clues as to what a healthy relationship looks like. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light be a partner with darkness? 1 Corinthians 15 says, don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Bad company ruins good morals. So a lot of times we get in relationships and there, there will be disagreements, there will be conflict, there, there will be messiness, but it's important to know why it's messy. Is it messy because it's just a disagreement, or is it messy because it's an unhealthy relationship? And I'll be honest, guys, that is really hard to tell sometimes. That's hard to tell. It's hard to tell if it's, it's, hard to tell if it's a good relationship or a bad one, and you, oftentimes you can't tell based on the disagreements or the arguments. And so I wrote down three different questions we should ask ourselves in our relationships to how we know if we're with uh, bad company, as 1 Corinthians says. And so the first thing I wrote down is pretty simple, but it's pray and ask God what he thinks about it. Pray and ask God what he thinks about the relationship with the person that you have. Um, ask God what he thinks and what his perspective on it. I think we should be doing that with everything that we have. So we should ask God and listen to what he says. Number two is ask yourself, what image am I presenting to those around me by hanging out with this person? What image am I presenting by associating myself with this person? Am I presenting a good, healthy image of a, of a Christian, or am I presenting somebody that is uh, not healthy or not a Christian? Like, what, do, what would my pastors think? What would my parents think? What would my mentors think, my close friends, my leaders? What image am I presenting if by hanging out with this person? And number three, ask yourself this. If I became identical to this person, would I be okay with that? If I became identical to the person I'm hanging out with, would I be okay with that? Would God be okay with that? If I became an identical replica copy of this person? You know, there's a quote that I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard, but it's a famous one. It says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. 
Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's been circulating in churches and youth groups for many, many, many years now. But I believe it's absolutely true. And I can say it's absolutely true in my life. Um, When I was, I think I was in sixth grade, uh, I was in public school during that time. And for one reason or another, I honestly can't remember, but I got hanging out with some kids that weren't good for me. That they cussed a lot, they didn't do the right things, they talked about wrong things. Um, They just were not clean, good people. And for whatever reason, I was hanging out with them all the time. And I began to see my character and my personality slowly start shifting. And in my internal language and thoughts, I began to use the language they used and the thoughts that they had. And I began to just see myself morph into these uh, people that I was hanging out with. And so show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Now, I will say none of this is to say that we shouldn't hang out with non-believers or non-Christians, because that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus hung out with tax collectors and sinners. But all Paul is trying to say is we shouldn't team up or partner with those people, because there is a difference. You know, we see that he did that. In Matthew chapter 9, it says, Jesus reclined at the table in the house, and behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. So the Bible's saying he was hanging out with all these people that he probably, like the world would have said, you shouldn't be hanging out with those people. And the, tax, and the Pharisees saw this, and they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But Jesus said, Those who are well have no need of physician, but those who are sick do. And our mission is the same, that we shouldn't just isolate ourselves just with people that completely agree with us, that we need to be getting out there and hanging out with those people. I know it might sound like I'm contradicting myself, but it's important to recognize the difference between hanging out and teaming up. Teaming up is saying, I am equal to this person. I am going to be with them. We're going to be partners in life. And hanging out is having a mission and a purpose to reach them. Jesus is the ultimate example of how we should show love to others. And so we need to be looking at his example. I'm going to invite the worship team. They're going to come on up now as we close. I'm going to read you this passage of scripture and then my main point tonight. And it's this, 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. And that's why we hang out with others. That's why we hang out with people that aren't saved and that have different lifestyles of us, that we need to be loving them because love covers a multitude of sins. But it's important to not team up with them. And so here's my main point tonight. Is, my main point is this. Relationships that last are built on the foundation of God-sized love. Relationships that last are built on that foundation of God-sized love. And sometimes love is tough. Sometimes love is saying the hard thing if they need to hear it. If you have something that's important news to somebody or is a way that they need to change their life and you don't share it in love, then that's not love either. If you have something that you need to tell them that's gonna save their life, if you refuse to tell them just because you don't wanna bring up conflict, that's not love. It's also not love to just say it without any tact or love at all and just say it to their face. That's not love either. There is a tactful way to do that. And so relationships that last are built on God-sized love. So one, we need relationships. We absolutely need relationships. Relationships are messy. Relationships can get messy. And the last thing, number three, is all of our relationships need to glorify God. And relationships that last are built on the foundation of God-sized love. So let's all stand up tonight. And we're going to use this opportunity that we have for the rest of the evening to respond to this. 
And tonight, I just want to challenge us with this evaluation. I want you to spend this uh, last worship song evaluating your life. What relationships do you have in your life right now? What relationships do we have in our life right now? Are they glorifying God? What would my pastor say? What would my teacher say? What would my parents say? My friend, my leader. But what if I became identical to them? Would I be okay with that? Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit these questions. And it's okay if it's hard. Conviction is good. Conviction brings change, but condemnation brings shame. So right now, I just cast out any shame, any fear, and any anxiety that's in this place right now, because that's not from you, God. That's, that is from our enemy. But God, I do bring a holy conviction to us. I bring that holy conviction to us. That God, we need to change for you. So God, evaluate our life. Evaluate our friendships. Holy Spirit, just fill us up tonight. Fill us up with your love and your conviction, God. Right now, I'd like to ask the prayer teams to come on down. If you need prayer for what we talked about tonight or for anything else, I want to encourage you to come on down and pray with one of these guys. These guys are amazing. I love these guys. But if you need prayer for anything, come on down and get some prayer. We would love to pray for you. But right now, let's worship.